Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach. We will continue the holy letters of the Balatanya, letter 11, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten with understanding. And we are going on a fascinating journey deep into being enlightened with understanding. Which as we are explaining, the beginning of enlightenment is clarity of my mind. And in the last year we talked about, we started to touch upon, we started to scratch the surface, the mere surface of what marriage is. And as we're going deeper into the essence of marriage, we are becoming enlightened. We are starting to see ourselves, either if we're married, as being in an enlightened marriage, or we are discovering what is the essence of marriage. So we start to see that the root, the root, the core, the beginning of enlightenment is the way I see something. For example, if a person is married for 20 years and now he's discovering the essence of marriage and he's saying, how come my wedding wasn't like that? How come I didn't live my Sheva Brachas like that? How come I'm in a reactive marriage until now? Then he begins to see that all he was missing was enlightenment. He was missing the core and the the essence of marriage. So as soon as he sees what marriage is not, what happens? Marriage happens. Marriage becomes. Instantly, he, he is put in a state of enlightenment. Now what he does with that enlightenment is up to him. So you could have two people who are getting married. And one of them has no idea what marriage is. Doesn't even know what the wedding is. Is in a completely egoic state. They get married for themselves. It's all a selfish experience. And they have another person who's deeply in touch with what the Balatanya is explaining in this parak and what he explains in chapter 36. And he has an enlightened marriage. Why? Because when he comes to the chuppah, when he comes to the wedding, he understands the core of marriage. So we see that enlightenment... The beginning of enlightenment is laskil chabina, is what a person's going to see with his mind's eye, what he's going to understand, what's the meaning of it. And that's why we're explaining that the beginning of enlightenment, the way the Balatanya is going to explain it in this parak, and the way his son, the Mittal Rebbe, explains it at, very, at length in his holy discourses is, that in order to begin to become enlightened, we need to go into the core of marriage. We need to understand what is marriage. And we have discussed that a chosen kala wait on their wedding day for one peak moment. Although a person is not aware of this, but when you look at it with clarity, you see something very fascinating. That a person waits for one moment in his wedding. What is that peak moment? The peak moment is that everything, all the preparations, everything that went on is to have one moment in his wedding. There's one peak moment that all the buildup was for that moment, and then from there, it's downhill. Downhill, not in the sense that it's downhill, but it's 
a recognition that whatever is going to go on afterwards is a joy, is a happiness, that, and the fulfillment and the integration of that moment. So let's see this very carefully because this is extremely important. A chassan or a kala, before they become engaged, they're going through life in their parents' house. They were born, they went through 10, 11, 12, 13 years, boy or girl, where they have this ego and their own sense of self, and they're building that. And they have their traumas and their positive experiences and their growth and their childhood. And their sense of self gets greater. And then one day, the mother and father introduce the child to this idea of a soulmate, that they're going to be marrying to somebody else who's their soulmate. And the Balatanya's son says, how do we understand this? What could this mean? What does this possibly mean? How is it possible that a girl would go out and marry somebody that she doesn't know? A foreign man, that's what he says. He says, Aish Nakhri, a foreign man. And she will leave her parents' house to love and cultivation that she got over there. How is it possible that she's going to do that? And he explains that 40 days before you were born, you have your soulmate. And your soulmate is somebody who you are one with. And then, they start to prepare you. And the preparation process is that they tell you you're going to be getting married, whether you're a boy or a girl, you're going to be marrying your soulmate. And now they let you know, either by way of discovery, or by the way of the dating process, you discover your soulmate. And the beginning of discovery of your soulmate is like the beginning of Yetzirah Mitzrayim. The beginning of Yetzirah Mitzrayim the Yidin are trapped in Mitzrayim. And on some level, the person is trapped in his own loneliness, his own selfishness, his own life that he has previously before he's mature, before he goes out and starts his married life. In the beginning of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, we said, is the discovery, the loss of self, the loss of the real selfishness, which is Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was the egoic nature. There was an egoic nature of Mitzrayim. And Makis Bechoyrus eradicated that egoic nature. And you start to discover what you're not, and then you want to discover what you are. And that's the beginning of the idea of marriage that's put into the boy or girl's mind. And then on the day, seven days later, metaphorically, you come to Kriyas Yamsuf. And Kriyas Yamsuf is the kingdom of heaven. Kriyas Yamsuf is discovery of myself, discovery of my soul. But in the metaphor of marriage, it's the discovery of my soulmate. That idea, engagement, I'm going to be engaged to be married to this person. The first magical idea. It's really the first sense of self-discovery because you discover yourself to somebody else. You actually never really felt yourself because you can't feel yourself if you can't feel another person. And the aliveness that a boy or girl has with the idea that they're going to be marrying somebody else. And they just see a picture, or they just had a date, or they had a discovery that this is going to be the person. And then there's the engagement. And the engagement is a metaphor for Kriyas Yamsuf. And it's so magical. And this is my other half. And now I'm starting to discover myself. And usually by the engagement, the Chas and Kala are so one 
on a certain level, they actually see themselves as one. It doesn't matter if that's exactly the way your engagement was, was or was not, but on some level that's what happens in the engagement, because in the engagement, you see what the reason is that you're marrying this person. You're integrating the beginning of the idea that you and that person are one. Because the concept of marriage is that 40 days before you were born, this and you, this person and you, is soulmates. And so right when you are told about your soulmate, right when you discover through a picture, through a vision, through a, a date, through a communication, when you discover, when you say, you know something, we talked, now we are one. We want to become, we want to get married, we're going to engage. Engagement means to pledge to each other. To pledge to live our life with each other because we are one. Although a person is not really thinking about this, this is what's really going on. And in, that, in those moments, in the dating or in the moments that's leading up to the engagement, you are discovering yourself in your spouse. You are seeing how you are soulmates. You don't see, you don't see how you're different. You try, you see how you're one. If you see how you're different, you don't choose that person. But if you see how you're one, you actually choose that person. So that's the engagement, which the engagement is similar to Kriyas Yamsuf. To discover your own identity. First you discover who you're not, by Makas Bechoyres, because you break it on some level, you're breaking out of your parents' home. Because in a certain sense, you don't have a discovery of self, because you are alone, you're growing up, you're maturing. So Kriyas Yamsuf is this idea of the engagement. And now from the engagement, you discover this other person, who's really your soulmate, and now you say you want to live with that person. And now is a preparation for the wedding, 49 days. It's a preparation for the wedding. And you go to Chosen Kala classes. And they start to try to teach you what's marriage. You discover your soulmate, but you have no idea what to do with it. Can you see this with your mind's eye? But you might not, you might be looking at this now and you say, I never even knew this. I never looked at it like this. I'm married 20 years, 30 years, who knows what. So what do we discover? We discover that by not knowing these concepts, you're not in enlightenment. So if you're not in enlightenment, you could have marriage, but the body of marriage, you will be missing the light. The light of your soul, the light of marriage, we've been missing because you don't know it. So once you're enlightened, once you're enlightened, automatically the light is, automatically an enlightened marriage is. Because if you know what marriage is not, then the other automatically happens. It's extremely important to see this, that just the mere concepts themselves, just the mere knowledge of what marriage is, changes what marriage is. So we are explaining that Kriyas Yamsuf is similar to an engagement. And now you're going to Chassan classes. And the Chassan classes is, or Kala classes, they're teaching you what marriage is. What to do with this idea that you have a soulmate, that you could discover yourself through your soul, through your soulmate. That you could become one with your soulmate. And they try to teach you all different ways 
of how to have a meaningful life, how to have a productive life, how to have an enlightened life. And then the big day happens, the day of the wedding, and all this big, tremendous preparation. Whole bunch of celebrate, celebratory preparations. A hall, cheers, photographers, family, everybody coming together. Tremendous commotion, tremendous celebration. All for one moment that leads up to one moment. Leads to one moment that when you're sitting in the chuppah, and you say these blessings, seven blessings, and the chassan surrounds the kala. And then he says, You and me are becoming one. And right after that, it's all over. The chup is over. The key highest moment is over and the wedding begins. The wedding either ends or the wedding begins. Either way you look at it. But the point is, it's one moment. Everything leads up. All of this quantity of an experience. 50 days leads up to one moment. When the chassan, as we explained last year, the chassan's eyes are closed, the kala's eyes are closed, and at that moment, the lightning happens of marriage. And it's explained in Kabbalah that they hold those candles, and the chassan and kala are, are escorted by escorts, because they are shown that you are becoming light and candle. Light could only be when there is a candle and a wick with oil that's burning. And a husband and wife are like a, like a candle. You make one unit, and if you live together in harmony and real love, then you will light. You will light up your house. You will live an enlightened marriage. And when does that start? What is the moment that that starts? That moment that that starts is by the chuppah. Because by the chuppah, you integrate and you discover in one moment of time, that you are attached. What does that mean you're attached? That you are one. You're one soul. At that moment, you discover that pas ploini le ploini. You discover this idea that you, you had magical concepts about, but under the chuppah, under the canopy, you go in, in one moment of time, and in your mind, you are one. You start. How does the marriage start? It starts by enlightenment. It starts by... Husband and wife recognizing that they were soulmates and they take each other to love each other, to love each other. And by accepting this idea that they're going to cure, they have a contract as a ksuba. And this is why, how they're going to live their life. They're going to live their life in love. And when do they discover it? In one moment in time. When the chassan puts on the ring, on the kala, and he says, Ariat mekedeshesli, where he's telling her that you are my whole life, and she's telling him, you are my whole life, and they're both discovering at that moment that their attachment is beyond what they see. They are attached at the soul level. And the soul level is infinitely more greater than the body. And what brought them together is the body. What brought them together is the way they projected themselves. What brought them together is the name they made for themselves. What brought them together is the outside. And the goal is to discover each other on the inside. And at the moment of, of, of the moment, that one moment, it's just one moment in time, 
The moment of Arayat deliciously, you understand? As you're getting deeper into the moment, there's brachas and there's tension and there's crying and it's getting, we're getting more into the quality of the moment and then in one moment it's all over. Basically the wedding is all narrowed down to one second when he says Arayat deliciously and he's finalized the act and that's it. Now him and her are sanctified. They are one unit. How long did it take? How many days? How long did it take? One moment. What was that discovery? That discovery that they had at the moment of Ariyat Mikadashasli, the moment that you become one, is the same discovery they had in Matan Torah. In Matan Torah, what did they, the Jews discover? That Jews and God is one. Why was Parcha Nishmasa? Why did they almost expire? Because they discovered at that moment that God and the Jewish people are soulmates. You look at yourself, and you say to yourself, I bring my sense of self to the table. I bring myself to the table. My spouse brings themselves to the table. What do we discover at the moment of the chuppah? That you might have a sense of self, you might have grown up in two different families, but you and your spouse are one. That's what you discover by the chuppah. This is a profound, magical concept. If you fully get this concept, if you meditate on it, this will change your entire life. Because what happened at the chuppah, what happened at Matan Torah was that the Yidin discovered their true, their true core, their true identity. The true sense of who you are, you discover through your spouse. And the Yidin, through getting the revelation of Matan Torah, what happened at Matan Torah? The whole entire world screamed, I am God. And at that moment, the Yidin discovered that how will God dwell in this world? Through my soul. Me and God become one. The purpose of marriage is to understand that me, that what is the purpose of this world? For there to be a marriage between the Jewish people and the Abishtim. And if you go very deeply into the chuppah, it is the same, it's the same exact thing. The tension and the depth of the clarity that the coverings of the chuppah bring, meaning the, the moment of this holy union, the holy union that there is in mind and in heart and in body, the, the, the holy union that's going to be between husband and wife starts at that moment in the chuppah. It's that recognition that me and you are one. And the energy in that moment is, is incomparable to anything else a person will experience in his life. Because the moment of the chuppah is the most tense, most deep, most qualitative moment in the world. And now, after that moment, we go and we have an whole entire celebration for seven days, starting with the wedding and mitzvah tans, and everyone's getting out of this, everybody's getting tremendously high with happiness because of that one moment, that one moment that this boy and girl become inseparable. They discover that they're one. And the same exact thing happened in Matan Torah. In Matan Torah, the Jews discovered that they're truly one. You understand? You have to look at this carefully. They discovered that they were truly one. The one moment in time, what was revealed? It was revealed that the Jews and God are inseparable. We're one.
Now here is where you see the magic of marriage. I discover at my chuppah that I'm one with my spouse. Which, what does that mean in English? I discovered now that I'm in love. Now what is the words in love? What does love mean? The purpose of life, the purpose of married life is to love. Ava ach v'shalom Now one of the deepest points that the Alter Rebbe is going to explain in this pedic, one of the deepest points that he's going to explain with Laskil Chabina is, what is love? What is the essence of love? So if you go to a chosan and kala on the moment of their chuppah, and you ask them carefully, why am I marrying the other person? Would any chosan kala tell you that the reason I'm marrying the other person is... Because I want them to complete me. I want them to give me. I'm marrying this woman because I am a narcissistic person and I want her to worship me. And I want her to give me and I want her to feed me. And I want her to do everything for me. In the moment of chuppah, nobody would ever think like that about love. Not only that, nobody during a chuppah would ever think that the reason why I'm marrying this girl or the girl boy the reason why I'm marrying this girl is because I'm going to give her love, I'm going to take care of her, and then she's going to take care of me. So I'm doing it, I'm loving her, so she could love me. Nobody in the world would ever say, this is extremely important to understand, because this is the beginning of enlightenment. Nobody would ever say, I'm doing this so I could hold on to the love she's going to give me. Could you see this? A person is getting married to be able to love. Not to get love, to be able to give love. At the moment of chuppah, a person recognizes that this is my soulmate, this is what I can give them. They never think for a second what they could get. They don't even think that they can, what they could get through giving. You understand? There's three levels of love. The most selfish level of love is, I love you so you could worship me. The second level of love is, that I really love you. But ultimately speaking, I want you to love me back. But the third level and the highest level and the greatest level of love and the only true level of love is love with no attachment. I want that there should be love. It has to be a continuous circle like a ring. I love you. And the ability for you to love me back is only for me to continue loving you because I'm not looking for you to love me. I'm not looking for you to love me. Of course, in enlightened marriages, we're both living like this. I love you, and I never want to do anything with that love. I don't want it in return. The love alone, the enlightenment alone, the peace and harmony that, we, that I will get through loving you, through giving you, through doing for you, through being there for you, is the greatest, highest thing in the world. And if I try to hold on to that, I miss the boat. If I'm trying to get something from it, it's not love. It's It's love that's trapped in something. But it's not real love. Love is the experience that I want to be able to love you. I want to be able to express myself to you. I want to be able to do every single thing for you. And if you give me that back, that just allows you for me to keep on doing it. But I never want to hold the love that you give me because that's a trapped love. That's a love that's attached. Do you understand? Yishkan Oid Hashem means the love that there is between the union of marriage. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-stop perpetual union. It's a union that has to be experienced in every single area. But it's never a selfish thing. It's never something you can hold on to. It's living with your chuppah every day of your life because it's the ability to realize that I married you 
Because you're my other half. And there's nothing to do with that. I can't do anything with that. I'm not going to get anything from it. Because if I'm going to live in a light in marriage, that means I'm going to be, I have the ability to love you. And with true love, I have to suspend myself. I'm not trying to get anything from it. Of course I might get. Of course I might get. But the goal is for me to love you. And that we should, there should be perpetual love. There should be shechina shri yibaneim. There should be yishkun oir hashem. There should be the light of this love should be in this marriage. Because a, a marriage like that is the highest joy. A marriage like that, a marriage where you're not seeking anything. We're all union, every form of union is just so there should be love. Just so we should be a vehicle of love. We should love each other. There's no sense of self over there. There's no entrapment. There's no trap. You're not attached to the love. There's no attachment. So over here we see the beginning of enlightened marriage means... That a person is on a, on a high about their spouse. We're essentially, they're discovering themselves through their spouse. But it's, that's not a goal, that's not a focus, that's not a purpose. It's not what I can get out of this marriage. Where am I going with this marriage? No, it's the marriage alone that's the discovery. It's the unity alone that's the discovery. It's to be able to discover myself without it being myself. Because me... And this person, my spouse, is one. We're one unit in two different bodies. So our sense of self, our feelings, is what I can give you. And it's not what I can get from you. It's not those feelings back. When you give me back those feelings, it's more what I can give you. So we can keep the rotation of love. We can keep or v'chayas We can keep the flame flickering. The flame and the perfume of love. The real sense of what real love is, what real vitality is. It's not something to hold on to. Yes, I bring my sense of self to the table. And I could get confused and say, could I hold on to that love? Could I get something from it? Could I get some type of pleasure out of it? Could I get some type of food? What are you going to do for me? We go to the, right after we get married, we go now to the therapist. I'm not getting enough. Root of all problems in marriage is, I want to hold on to it. I want to make an eagle out of it. I brought my sense of self to the table. I want to hold on to that. So what happened by the Matan Torah was, they discovered the sense of self. What I could give to my spouse. But after the Sheva Brachas, after the beginning of all problems, when did the beginning of problems start? All my soul and myself kicks in, not for what I could give you, but what could I get from you? And my sense of self is my ego, my ego where I take my animal, my feelings, my experience... My, t- my sense of separation, which allows for love, allows for marriage, allows for Yishkanoi Hashem. And my sense of self all of a sudden says, what could I get from you? You're not giving me enough. You're not doing for me. You're not giving me. I'm giving you so much, and you're not giving me. And that's a complete misunderstanding of marriage. You missed the whole boat of marriage. Why do we say it like this in such harsh terms? Because if you don't understand this, then you missed it. You missed the whole boat of what man means marriage. You'll be living 50 years complaining in a state of drama, in a state of reactivity. And this is the beginning of enlightenment, to understand the mohus of marriage. The mohus of marriage is to be in a state of love, only a continuous state of love. I, you might be in a marriage from day one where you know this, and your other spouse is reactive the whole entire day. It doesn't change the fact, because you're not trying to get anywhere with marriage. You're trying to be in a state of enlightenment. And God and the Jewish people have this type of marriage. And God, from His perspective, is always in the state with the Jewish people. We say, Hashem, Bagamnu every single day. 
And he never gives up on us because his love to us is unconditional. And the goal is for a Jewish person to wake up in his own cosmic life and to realize that God loves him unconditionally and his marriage is unconditional to God. Now what are you going to give me? So I'm going to love you. I love you because love, the love of the Jewish people and God is one unit, nothing to get to. And I love my spouse, which is a metaphor for cosmic life. I love my spouse, not because I'm trying to get anywhere, because the mere product of love is the light of light and candle, of oil, light and flame that lights up the room. That mere love alone is Shrina Shuri And that is a meaningful life. That is a happy life, a life full of love.